for a Muslim man or a woman, a young man, a young woman on campus, and a university Muslim, faces a number of special difficulties that no other Muslim around him faces. The first difficulty that a young man or woman faces on campus is what we call the force of secularism. Secularism is a philosophy that teaches you to remove everything about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from your life, whether you know it or not. What does it teach you? It teaches you that the only thing that important in life is that you're a good person to one another. Is that you're kind, that you don't lie, that you don't cheat, that you don't steal, that you're nice to your parents, you're nice to your friends, you're nice to your neighbors. That's all that matters. And if you're a good person, you're a good human being, then that means you must be a good Muslim. There was a famous Shaykh, Shaykh Ahmad Ali Allah, and he once said that I can summarize the tafsir of the entire Qur'an in one sentence. In other words, I can summarize the basic message of the entire Qur'an in one sentence, and that is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through His worship, to please the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa by following His sunnah, and to please creation makhluk by making their khidmah by serving them. So what secularism does, it tries to take you down and reduce you to only the last third. To make you think that all you have to do is to be a good person. It keeps you away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It keeps you away from the book of Allah. It keeps you away from the messenger of Allah. It wants to keep you away from anything and everything that is divine in your life. Now how do we know this? Because all we have to do is look in our lives, in the classroom, in the dorm room, when we're with our friends, that how much do we think about Allah? Do we ever remember Allah at any time in our life? Or are we just regular students plugging along through our studies and the only time we remember Allah is if we come, we pray our salah maybe twice a day, maybe three times a day. The best of us, maybe we pray our salah five times a day. But the rest of the time, there's no difference between us and the other students. There's no difference between us and a non-Muslim student on campus. Why? Because we've removed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from our life. We've confined Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to a few acts of worship and we never think about him at any other time. Think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually said in Quran, Ya ayuhal insan, O humanity, ma ghalaka bi rabbikal kareem, that what has deceived you about your pious Lord? What has deceived you about your kind and generous Lord? That Allah is so kind that He always wants us to turn to Him. In fact, even those of us who sin, and you find this normally, this is the situation of Muslims, that if there's a young Muslim man or young Muslim woman who sins, and I'm speaking to all of you who come to Jummah, so you feel a sadness in your heart. Deep down in our heart, we know that we did something wrong. We know we looked at something Allah SWT wouldn't have wanted us to look at. We went somewhere Allah wouldn't have wanted us to go to. We did something or we listened to something He wouldn't want us to listen to. So deep down in the heart of that young man, a sore spot develops. Deep down he feels bad. But very few of us actually activate that part. Most of us, we just go into denial and we just keep on doing all the sins that we ever do. Why? Because we're so distant from Allah. Or sometimes we might think that Allah is so mad at me, I looked at this thing on the internet at night, how can I even bother to wake up for Fajr? What's the point of waking up for Fajr when I sleep in an impure condition? What's the point of trying to show my face at Salah when I've been doing all these sins? 
So shaitan tries to trick us and tries to keep us away from worshipping Allah and makes us feel sad and depressed about the sins that we do. Well listen to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's Quran, listen to the mercy that he has. He says in Quran, Ya ibadi alladhina asrafu ala anfusikum la taqnatu ma rahmatullah. So who does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala address? The alladhi asrafu, that those people who commit wrong against themselves, those people who broke Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rules, those people who broke His commandments, who sinned against His ways, who looked at things and did things they shouldn't have looked at, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tell them? Does He get angry with them? No. He says, لا تقنطوا من رحمة الله Do not despair of the mercy of Allah. That know that now, how matter, how matter, how, no matter how far you might have gone from Allah, how distant you might be, how low you might have fallen, how downtrodden you might feel, never despair of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, look at the way He addresses us in that ayah and that verse. He calls us his ibad. He still calls us his servants. It means that even that person who sins against Allah, who breaks his command, Allah doesn't divorce you. Allah doesn't take, kick you out of the ranks of his servants. More than that, Allah started the ayah and said, Ya ibadi. He used this ya, which is ya nisbat. He said, Oh my beloved servants. So it means that even if you sin against Allah, Allah still views you as amongst his servants. He just wants us to turn to him at any moment. So what we have to do is if we're sincere that we want to draw close to Allah. If we feel this emptiness in our life. If we feel that we're distant from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is by the way what all the worldly pleasures are about. Everything that everybody does in university in America. And I graduated from university in America. So I know all the things that they do. So I know all the things that you do. Right? All the things that we do in universities. Why? Because we're just trying to get some pleasure from it. And this is the American way of life. Do whatever makes your heart happy. Do whatever makes your heart content. Do whatever gives you pleasure in this world. So if a Muslim falls that way of life, then where is the nur of his iman? Where is the light of his faith? But even more than that, Allah knew that even as Muslims, we'd want to do whatever makes our heart content. So He taught us in Quran, Allah bi-dhikrillahi tatma'inu kulub, that no, in the remembrance of Allah, only in the remembrance of Allah will your hearts find peace and contentment. Just think that, look at that Muslim boy or girl who's sad or she's down, if she watches the TV, or she watches a movie, or she does anything like that, it doesn't give her heart pure contentment. In fact, if you're sad and depressed and you watch a movie, before you know it, two hours have passed, you turn the TV off and you're still sitting there, you're still sad, you're still lonely. Because Allah has said in Quran, that the only thing in the entire universe that is going to bring true peace, true happiness and contentment to your heart, is the dhikr of Allah, is by remembering Him. The more and more we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more we bring Him back into our life, the more we will want to worship Him. Now listen to what I'm about to say carefully. Is that you should know that any man or woman who has tasted the worldly pleasures, that sin, the pleasures that this world has to offer, there's only one thing now that can take you out. If you really want to be taken out, if you want to leave your sins, if you're ashamed about what you do, if you want to be a person that, Ya Allah, I also want to be pleasing to you. I'm not happy when I do these things. I might get some temporary pleasure, but immediately afterwards I feel bad. I feel weak, I feel empty inside. There's only one thing that can take you out. Because if you taste the pleasures of this world, the only thing that will take you out is if you taste the pleasures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you feel that pleasure in your salah, if you feel that pleasure in your dhikr, if you feel that lazza, that sweet taste, that sweet feeling of being close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's the only thing that can take the young man and woman out of their life of sin. Because obviously to take yourself out, you need something greater, something better, something that's going to attract you. Now it's very difficult to do this on your own. It's almost impossible to do that on your own.
Just take an example of a student who doesn't study well, who slacks off. Right? That's another problem lots of us have is we don't like to study. We study at the last minute. We cram for our exams. But if you look at that student who studies at the last minute, he doesn't do it alone. Right? He goes with his friends. He goes to the library. He puts on himself on the schedule. He knows that I've just got three, four days left to my exam and I have to study very hard. In fact, all of his friends, his parents, his families, everybody know, don't call him on the cell phone. He's not even going to bother to pick up. Even if his lovely friend, even if she tries to call him on the cell phone, he won't even pick up for her because he's so focused, he knows he only has two, three days left to prepare for his exam. So it means that when you want to get yourself out of a rut, when you want to change yourself, when you want to make progress, you need to plug yourself into a system. And that's why all of you here at the university, otherwise you could have all sat at home and read these books on your own, and you could have studied on your own. But you knew that nobody in the world would recognize you unless you plugged yourself into a system. So the same thing, Allah has put so much emphasis on the jama'ah, on the community in our deen. That if you can't help yourself on your own, you need to help one another. And that is why another thing you need in your campus is you need a strong MSA. You need an MSA that engages you at your level. Look, all of us like to say that we want to follow the deen and the dunya both. Every person who studies in the university, myself, we have this claim that we're going to follow both the deen and the dunya. Well, you should know that just like you are studying in a university, it means that you're a person of knowledge. There are how many people in the world actually get a university education? In fact, just look at your own co- continent of Africa. So it means you are in the top 5% of people as far as knowledge goes. So it means that you also have to get a lot of knowledge of this deen. As much knowledge as you're getting of the dunya, you must be people who learn and study this deen because unless you engage this deen at the same level that you engage the dunya, it will be hard for you to become close to Allah. Allah and the deen will be something that your parents did, something that you just come to Jummah out of habit or out of practice. It's not going to win over your heart unless you engage it at a proper level. Even in your electives, for example, there's somebody here who's studying computer science, but you take an elective course in philosophy. So that philosophy course can't be at a baby level. It also has to be at a university level in order to engage you. So just like that, if you're serious about your deen, you have to engage this deen at a serious level at your own university level. Now how do you do that? You have to ask the organizers of your MSA. You have to ask the organizers of your MSA to bring people who can teach you the deen. If you cannot get qualified scholars to come here, then you have to set up study circles, halakas amongst yourselves, in which the person who leads the halakha, at least he has some relationship with the scholar. And the scholar will tell him that, okay, you read such and such tafsirs, and you give a commentary on the Qur'an, and you keep in touch with me, and I'll keep guiding you. Unless you establish circles of learning, circles of worship, community activities, you're not going to be able to do it on your own. So what's going to happen then is the young Muslim men and women, they're going to continue in their life of sin. Sure, you'll come to Salah every now and then, you might show your face at Jummah every now and then, but inside you're leading a whole other life. And Shaitan has made it so easy in this day and age to do sin. All you need is a laptop and a cell phone. And almost every university student has a laptop and a cell phone. Thirty years ago, if a young Muslim man wanted to commit a particular sin, he wouldn't even know where to go or how to go about doing it. It would have been so difficult in society at that time. But today it is so easy to look at something you don't want to look at. All you have to do is shut the door of your dorm room or wherever you live and turn on your laptop and plug into the internet and Shaitan can take you on a virtual tour of every sin that is available in the world. And this is something that just affects, uh, uh, don't think that this affects just a few of you. I know how many of you this affects. This affects almost all of you. This is our condition is that we're so weak 
that we're unable to control our gaze. And then we fall asleep sad and depressed because we know we've angered Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we've displeased our Lord. So if you want to please Allah, if you want to be a person who brings Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala back into your life, you must become a person who watches over your heart and watches over your soul. And this is one of the major aspects of our deen, when Arabic we call tazkiyah. It means to purify your nafs, to purify your heart, to watch over yourself, to safeguard yourself from the pollutions of the temptations of the sins of society around you. It means to become a person who remembers Allah. I'm going to tell you very quickly two things that you can do, practically speaking. The first thing is you have to start thinking about Allah in any way you want, 24 hours a day. Just think about Him. It's just a simple mental exercise. Try to remember Him in your heart. Try to feel Him in your life. Because look, if you ask any young man or woman who commits sin, and ask her that at that moment you were committing sin, did you remember Allah? She'll say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? I had totally forgotten about Allah. I had forgotten about the book of Allah. I had forgotten about the messenger of Allah. I would even forgotten that I was a person who believes in la ilaha illallah. So if you forgot all these things, how do you hope to be an abdullah? How do you hope to carry yourself or live your life as a servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So the first thing we have to do is we simply have to remember Allah more and more. And this is one of the greatest gifts you have of being Muslim. In fact, all the people in America, they're all running around just trying to fill an emptiness that's in their heart. They have a void, a vacuum, an emptiness, a gap in their heart because they don't have iman. And that's why they run around and invent all these things in different ways to please themselves. So how tragic is it that those of us who are Muslims, who have this gift of iman, who have this nur, this light in our heart, we don't feel it in our lives. And more than that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala engages us in such a dynamic way. Look, if Allah wanted to, He could have just created us and said, Look, I created you, I sent you Quran, I sent you Sunnah, you know what to do, now I'll deal with you on the Day of Judgment. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not pull back from us. What did He say in Quran? Allah says, Huwa ma'akum, aina ma'akuntum, that know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with you wherever you are. He has made Himself your companion in life. He is with you when you're in, in sitting in front of me in Jummah. He's with you when you're at home. He's with you in the classroom. He's with you when you're in a state of purity. He's with you when you're in a state of impurity. He's with you when you're remembering Him. He's with you when you're unaware of Him. He's with you when you're worshipping Him. And He's even with you when you're sinning against His rules. Allah Ta'ala never pulls back from the believer. He's just waiting for you to turn to Him. Even more, Allah went one step further and said, نَحْنُ أَقْرَبُ إِلَيْهِ that, oh, my servants, know that I'm closer to you than your carotid artery, than your jugular vein. It means, my servants, I'm closer to you than your own self. Look at this incredible rahmah, this incredible mercy of Allah. None of us want to be around a person who's ugly. None of us want to be around a person who's smelly. None of us want to be around a person who's filthy. Imagine how ugly and filthy we are because of our sins. Or how distant we are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But even then, even for the most sinning of the Muslims, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given His gift the gift of his ma'iyah, the gift of his companionship, the gift of his qurb, the gift of his nearness and proximity. So what a tragedy it is that we have this great being with us at all times. That Allah is with us, He just wants to answer our call if we make dua to Him. That He is so close to us, so should we not today, my friends, try to make a pledge, take a niyyah, make an intention that we also want to feel Allah in our lives. That, oh Allah, truly I have wronged my soul, I have become so distant from you, I don't even feel you in my salah. I pray my salah so absent-mindedly. I plan my classes in the middle of my salah. Ya Allah, how diseased must my heart be? How sick have I become? That I am so distant from you. That when I want to commit a sin, I close all the doors. I hide all my tracks. 
One shaykh used to say that all my friends, if when you commit a sin, you close all the windows, you draw the curtains, you close all the doors, you make sure nobody is there, so you made sure you closed all the doors from which creation could see you, but you couldn't close the doors from which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could see you. So what if Allah asks us that, oh my servant, was I even less in your eyes than all of creation? Was I even less in your eyes than all these people who are walking around? That you took such great pains to hide your sins from them, but you had no shame in committing sin in front of me? When you knew I was watching you, when you knew I knew everything that you did, even after I gave you the gift of my companionship, the gift of my korb, the gift of my closeness and my nearness, it means that Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, Ya ayyuhal insan, that, oh humanity, what has deceived you about your kind and generous Lord? So today is the day for the young Muslim man and woman to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what we use with the word tawbah, repent. Allah says, فَتُوبُوا إِلَى Allah. He uses this word ila. Ila is a particle which means towards Allah. In other words, tawbah is a paradigm shift. Leave all the dictates of society, fashion, trends, whatever you think makes you cool and hip. And turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, turn towards His deen. If you take even one step towards Him, if you even come to Him one hand span, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in a hadith, Qudsi, that He comes to you one arm's length. And if you come walking to Him, He comes running to you. It means that our Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most merciful of beings, and He just wants us to draw close to Him. May Allah give all of us the ability today to pledge that we will bring Allah back into our life that we will turn to Him sincerely in repentance from our heart, that we too want to be people who please Him and who feel Him.